You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Good, uh, good, whatever. Hold on, let me do this. Was that satisfying or annoying? I think it just brings up a bunch of questions like, what is that guy drinking? Coke Zero. <laughs> if it's you been to- a hot minute since I've mentioned it. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that we both drink Coke Zero, which is a much better taste than Diet Coke. Oh, yeah. Is it better than, is the taste better than regular Coke? I would venture to say nearly identical taste. Yeah, nearly. I know. I think it's been like maybe, I don't know, 10 plus podcasts since I've, I've mentioned it. But zero beverages across the board taste nearly identical to their mother drink. <laughs> <laughs> For example, drink. I drink a Sprite Zero with dinner almost every night at home. I've really? got a 12-pack of Sprite Zero in Sprite my fridge. Just still really good. I drink a lot of Spindrift. Spindrift is like, great. Now, like if you don't know what Spindrift is, it's a seltzer water that actually has juice in it. Fruit like, juice in it. Yeah, it's got it's got like 15 calories, yeah. but it, it, it could kick you off of soda if you wanted it to. I agree. Totally if you, agree. If you let it, it'll kick you. But, I mean, Topo Chico? Oh, Topo, Topo Chico, Chico is, has, great. is like spicy water. You know what I'm saying? It's very carbonated. It's like it's mineral water, but it's because it's from what? Mexico. It's like Mexican candy. It literally has yeah. spice on yeah. everything. It's like remember Lucas, like the the like lime salt that you get as a kid. And you just pour it in your hand and just lick. It's like Lucas that. salt. I don't know. Come up to me when you see me or message me if you know what I'm talking about. I just want to say this. I found out something I really enjoyed yesterday. Something I participated in for the first time. I really enjoy what? pickleball. Pickleball really? is so much fun. My in-laws are very into pickleball. I think it's great. I had an opportunity to play. I go in and help a school here in the Valley, yeah. Ambleside, and I was playing with the kids. The kids were not enjoying it, but I thought it was really fun. I would say that my father-in-law, Dean, is overly concerned about where I'm going to play pickleball in the winter because uh, he has an RV bay in his house, and he no longer has an RV but that's where he puts his pickleball court. And so I told him I have one outside, you know, where we live in Lakota. But he goes, what about the winter? Where are you going to play pickleball in the winter? He goes, that's why you need an RV bay. If you ever get a new house, you got to have a garage big enough. You can set up a pickleball court. Wow, you're- and he believes in that so much that when his son built his house, they made a spot for a pickleball court. Wow. They are, they big are pickle very ballers. into pickleball. And we know somebody who just won a pickleball championship. Yes, David Siminski. Shout out to David <laughs> Siminski. And, and I, I think him and his dad do doubles tournaments I as think, well. But his dad, I think, pulled a muscle or something. So he couldn't <laughs> I participate. I can't verify the velocity. Velocity? Veracity. The veracity. The, <laughs> or the, the velocity <laughs> of the ball that was hit by David Siminski. <laughs> but what I'm saying here is I want to let your father-in-law, Dean Sabo, know that he can rest assured that you can play pickleball in the winter at the Glenwood Springs Rec Center. Oh, they set but I have up, to have a membership. Well, yeah, you do. I have a membership to the pool, but not the athletic club. Well, not the athletic club. Oh. I'm talking about the rec center. Oh, the rec center. Okay, Which yes. you can get very affordable. Yes, you can do that. I need to say this, though, too. I need to give a shout out to the Avs. They just won their conference. They did. You know, this podcast is going to drop a little bit later, but they're still going to be in a good spot. Yeah. Avs are in the playoffs. Avs are way in the playoffs. They They were in the playoffs like three weeks ago. Yeah. They, you know, there's all these posts. It's like, oh, this team clinched. This team clinched. The the Avs clinched a month ago. They're in the, they're in the top spot. They have the most points in the NHL. And And the uh, Rockies is always off to a hot start. Eight and three right now. 
Hot Start Rockies. See if they can. Uh, they need to read that. Joseph Ferrar's book, uh, Finishing, uh, Finishing Strong, Strong, because so they never finish this strong. is shaping up to be a very promising year for Colorado sports. Russell the Wilson. The Broncos have Russell Wilson. The Avs are going to hoist the cup, maybe. And they're well. The Rockies always start hot. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they need to read finishing, finishing strong. strong. They need to. They need to read the book that precedes finishing strong called uh, Maintaining Strength. <laughs> Is there a book? No. Okay. Well, we're back, and we uh, <laughs> we mentioned this last podcast that we reference a lot of men, and we have a lot of guests that are men on. But ever since we did the podcast called Lessons from My Fathers, Lessons from Our Fathers, Lessons from My Father. Well, I wanted it to be lessons from my father, and you thought that's weird because we don't have the same father, man. So we got to do lessons oh, from our fathers. So sorry. you released it as lessons from our fathers, I oh, believe. Sorry. But I thought, what about the moms? Yeah. Because hey, I've got a great mom. You've got a great mom. Not only did our fathers impart great information to us, but our moms imparted great hmm. information to us. And I know Mother's Day is pretty much right around the corner. It's coming up next month. Yeah. But man. why wait honoring our mothers? You don't have to wait. Uh, there's a movie called Letters from Our Fathers, a Clint Eastwood movie. Have you seen it? I have not. It's a good movie. Uh, I digress, though, because we're talking about moms. <laughs> See, we went right back to a manly man, Clint yeah. Eastwood. Um, as two men sitting here, we understand and realize that it's not always necessarily the norm, the norm to have a mom and a dad present in the home. But we were blessed enough to be able to grow up with our moms and our dads present. And they both taught us very, very valuable lessons. And we want to get into some of those. Some of them are uh, more lighthearted. Some of them are more impactful. So we're just going to go ahead and share a few things. Um, one of the things that my mom taught me, Sean Rossler, shout out to Sean Rossler, is uh, first of all, she taught me how to clean. And I mean clean well. Uh because when people would come over to our house, we would have to clean various aspects of our house, including the bathroom. That was my job to clean the guest bathroom. That's a, she must have had a lot of faith in you because the bathrooms can yeah, be nasty know, and for like, you to use, for them to be using the guest bathroom and for you as a young man to clean that. That's a lot that of responsibility. that was my bathroom too. We only had two bathrooms in our house. So the guest bathroom was my bathroom. I'm assuming you didn't keep it very clean no, actually. Like, at any given time, there's probably underwear on the floor in the bathroom and just things everywhere. But, uh, you know, I would scrub the toilets and the, and the shower and everything. And I remember her, this is, it started out lighthearted, but it was a very great lesson. Cause like I would have to scrub like behind the toilet and stuff and like things I'm like, no one's ever going to see that. Mom, like, what are you talking about? Why do I have to clean this? She goes, nobody's never going to be able to, to see this, but if it goes months and months without you ever cleaning behind the toilet bowl, something's going to build up back there and it's going to start to smell and you're not going to know what it is. And I just kind of related that back to like my own life. There are things that people don't see, but if you don't take care of them over time, those things are going to begin to stink. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that just reminds me of what we talked about in our green growth podcast. I think about doing drive arounds of the property. You know, yeah. there's some things that you just normally walk in in the normal entrance you go through. But I noticed Pastor Mark would drive around the whole property just to see what was going on everything that we have responsibility over, everything we own. So, hey, yeah. you own that whole toilet. You gotta I check own the, the toilet. Th and then I think about, I was just cleaning up my garage the other day and it's like, my father-in-law was here. He goes, every day, check the traps, check the traps, check the traps. And mouse sometimes, traps? yeah, sorry, mouse traps. And you know, a lot of times you want your nose to be the barometer. You go, I don't smell anything, we're good. 
But a mouse could have already died and it's just taking a while to decompose. And if you wait till you hear the smell, hear the smell. What? What is that? <laughs> what even is that? When, if you wait till you smell the smell, it's already too late. It's rotting. It's decomposing. It's stinking yeah. up everything. So like check the traps every day. Six Sigma, you know, a limit that. Yeah. Variation, what Alan and Wolf talked about. Variation. Just get it part of your routine, checking yeah. the traps. So I remember scrubbing like behind the bolts that, you know, connect the toilet to yes. the ground. And I was like, this is stupid. And my mom goes, it gets dirty behind there. And if you wait, if we never clean this, it will build up and it will begin to smell. And I was like, you're right. That's that, awesome. That was something my mom Cleaning. How to clean. So I'm still not very good at cleaning, but when I need to clean a bathroom or a toilet, I can do it. Yeah. You have the tools in your tool bag to pull out and. Yeah. Clean that toilet. A little comet. A little <laughs> comet works great. Yeah. Sprinkle that comet all Ooh. over. Yep. Let it sit for a bit. Scrubbing bubbles. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. I like the that's scrubbing satisfying. bubbles. Uh, it's like purple when you spray it on. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. Well, I'm not going to be as light about <laughs> my in- initial thing I want to say about my mother. My mother is the one who brought faith into my family. Uh, my grandparents on both sides were not very religious, were not passionate about their relationship with the Lord. And honestly, before my mom even had me, she wasn't very passionate about God. She really got excited about God once she had me, which was, praise God, that must just be the favor of God that as I came into the world. My mom got excited about her faith and my dad was not excited about his faith. He would be pretty much an atheist, which I already talked about my dad and how awesome of a man of God he is. But I just, just from the very get-go, I'm so thankful that my mom brought faith into my family and literally the message of faith into my family. She got excited about uh, Kenneth Copeland and Billy Brim from the very beginning. When I was a baby, she heard there was a conference going on in Branson, Missouri. And she literally told my dad, we're going to Branson, wow. Missouri. My dad's like, I don't buy all this stuff, but I guess I can look for antiques because they had an <laughs> antique store on the way there. I can antique while you go to this conference in a hotel. And uh, my mom threw a bunch of clothes in a trash bag and we left like on a dime and she was still breastfeeding me. And wow. my uh, dad still tells a story of she was in the middle of a Kenneth Copeland meeting and she had me and my dad walked through the aisle and started talking out loud in the middle of the Kenneth Copeland meeting. And everyone's looking around like, who is this guy? What's his problem? Like, this is Kenneth Copeland teaching. Uh, so what my mom started followed through my whole family. So I would be amiss not to just say, my mom is the one who brought faith into my family. And I'm so thankful for that because without that, I wouldn't be here doing this podcast. So thanks for that, mom. Wow. That's an awesome story. Yeah. Clothes in a trash bag and a breastfeeding baby. Yeah. And I think she breastfed me in one of the meetings and that really bothered you, some of the ladies. Uh, <laughs> but I don't remember. Can you expect, <laughs> this is off off topic, but when you talk about antique store, it reminded me of something you told me about your antique store in a certain movie that got props from your antique store. Yeah. It's just a cool little nugget. Tall tale. Tall tale. Tall tale. If you drive up Highway 133, on. there's a field with a house. Yeah. out there and they filmed that scene from that location on highway 133 and they went into my parents store and got a bunch of props to use in that movie tall tale tall tale swayze patrick swayze rest his soul god rest his soul <laughs> praise the lord um why do i laugh i think it's just an uncomfortable thing i think it's we not are uncomfortable it's that a it's a self-soothe could we say that it's a self-soothe we mentioned that self not self <laughs> um one thing my mom taught me was um 
uh, consistency. And I know that's a lesson that my dad would, would talk to a lot, talk about a lot, but I think when it comes to who embodied it more, it's most definitely my mom, no, no, uh, discredit to my dad, but the power of consistency, my mom, if you know her, she's a creature of habit and she follows a very strict schedule every day. Um, she gets up at four 30 every single day and she studies and she gets in the hot tub and she does Pilates and all this kind of stuff. Hot tub session in the morning every day. Yeah. Wow. Four thirty. She loves it. And she, but she goes to bed at like eight thirty or nine, um, almost every single night unless she's watching our kids. And just the power of consistency, um, and just seeing her uh, spiritual life, um, and the results. So I look at my mom, and my mom is rarely, if not ever, sick. Um, which I get sick way more than I want to. And so I'm working on that, but I just think about the consistency that my mom has uh, portrayed in her life, consistently being the word, consistently standing upon scriptures, consistently being a person who speaks and declares faith. Um, the evidence is pretty clear in her life. She's like never sick, um, always on time. Like she's just a really great role model. When you want to look at someone who's consistent in the power of creating good habits, uh, my mom is, she might not be the picture in the dictionary, but she might've been considered, <laughs> you know, she might not be in the Oxford dictionary, but she's probably in the Merriam Webster's yeah. because that's more godly dictionary. <laughs> if you know yeah. anything, <laughs> that's great. Uh, I just want for the rest of the things I mentioned about my mom to be sub points from bringing faith into the family. And one of the things she's done my whole life is declare the blood of Jesus and apply the blood of Jesus over my life. Literally, almost every time I went out of the house as a kid or went on any trip, she would pull me in, kiss me on the forehead, and say, I plead the blood of Jesus over you. Yeah. Which, if you don't know about, is somewhat of a Pentecostal theology uh, mainstay. But what it's about is applying what the blood of Jesus paid for in our life, which we have an Old Testament example in the Passover season with applying the blood over the doorpost and the death angel passed over it and showing that the blood of Jesus pays for our protection. And I always just, it was a staple of my mother that she would do that. She'd pull me in, kiss me on the forehead, plead the blood of Jesus over you. Hey mom, I'm going to a friend's house. All right. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. And the moment it really sunk in of the power of it was after I already left the house and I have done many trips to Guatemala because I love that country and I love the people there and I even interned there. And I took my dad to Guatemala on a trip and it was in November. And when we got back to DIA, there had been an ice storm and literally there was an eighth of an inch of ice over the whole airport. I'm surprised we even came in our car. We had to warm up for like 20 minutes because the windshield had so much ice on it. And my dad said, Hey, we better spend the night, John. And I said, no, dad, I, come on. We've driven over the past many times. This is going to be easy. No issue, dad. Let's do it. Uh, probably shouldn't tell my dad what to do. <laughs> That's not a good way to honor your father. But he said, okay. Cause I wanted to go to church the next morning. It was a Saturday night. So my dad's very good at this. And I've learned it's important being a husband is always letting your wife know what you're doing. Even if it's as many updates, you can as, say you that can, again. as many updates as you possibly can give them, they're going to appreciate, you know, over communicating your schedule and what you have on your plate is not going to bother your wife. So my dad told me, Hey, text your mom that we're heading home. So how did she respond to the text? I plead the blood of Jesus over you guys. I'm going to speed up to the story, but we're getting uh, past Frisco and Dillon on I-70, and I had a two-wheel drive, and the roads were terrible. 
and I went into the median and we rolled the vehicle. And as we were rolling the vehicle, the middle console got smashed to where I couldn't even see my dad. It was smashed completely down. Air pockets and like a taco, only where my dad and I were. I saw the pictures, folks. Yeah. And I wish I can say I was... Shouting the name of Jesus, I tensed up, which I think you're not supposed to do in those moments. That's you're how you supposed break to be like, limbs. Yeah. Literally, if anything would have caved in on me, I would have broken something. My cords, because I squeezed my neck, were Ugh. sore because they got so tight. Uh, my dad, on the other hand, shout out to my pops, who was shouting, Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> declaring every <laughs> part of the Godhead. <laughs> but I didn't say anything. And literally, I had a scratch on my thumb. None of us broke any bones. And I remember just feeling led to pick up my phone and look at what my mom texted me. Sure enough, right there it was. I plead the blood of Jesus over wow. you guys. And I've never broken a bone. I've lived a pretty active lifestyle <laughs> my whole life, being a hockey goalie, playing sports, uh, lifting weights, working a physical job. Never broke anything. And uh, it really hit me that I need to live my life by acknowledging what the blood of Jesus paid for, not just for me, but for my loved ones, even once they're out of my house. Hey man, I wish I could say say the same thing about the broken bones. I've broken far too many bones, but it's so good to have a praying mom. Uh, I just remember there are times after the fact. So I was not a very good uh, high school student. Like in my teenage years, I was fairly rebellious and I did a lot of things behind my parents' back. And I really wish I could take some of that stuff back. Um, you know, when people talk about living life with no regrets, I don't know if that's a thing. I have a lot of regrets. I think it's like, <laughs> if I could do it over again, I would change anything. I'm like, who <laughs> really? says that? Who says that? Yeah, I could cry about some of the things I wish I could do All right. over. <laughs> Praise God. But, He's been um, vulnerable enough. Yeah. Keep going. Anyways, let me wipe that tear. Um so I, yeah, I was not very good, um, to them and I would lie about where I was, where I was going. And then I would go to some type of party. There was times when I'll get really vulnerable here. Uh, you know, I was intoxicated driving somewhere, um, yeah. and learning after the fact, my mom would wake up multiple times in the middle of the night with just such an urgency to pray for me. And, you know, my dad, uh, you know, he'd, he'd wake up to me like, what's going on? She's like, I got to pray for Jonathan. He's like, oh, he's at JJ's spending the night. He's fine. <laughs> and, uh, I was not at JJ's spending the night. <laughs> I was up, I was up in dot zero at a party or something. And, uh, they, you know, she, um, would get up and just intercede and pray. And, mm-hmm. and, um, I'm just so thankful because now some of the times I, I was connecting the dots about when she woke up and what I was doing at that time. And I, I believe that her intercession probably saved my life a few different times because I was very stupid. Um, so I just thank the Lord for a mom that is sensitive to the Holy Spirit and can, and pray. And, you know, she probably, probably might've been up already at some of those occasions since she gets up at four thirty in the morning. <laughs> um, but she, uh, probably saved my life a number of times. Um, and then I was also just thinking about, I just lost my train of thought. Holy Spirit, help me remember. Um, I'll jump in while yeah. you're saying that. My mom is very similar in that way. And this is an example just of me. But one time she woke up and I don't understand how all this works or what happened, but I just know the fact that my mom prayed over a spiritual thing that was trying to attack my brother. She got up and she felt led to pray for my older brother, Jesse's life. Like you got to pray. She prayed passionately, like mm-hmm. literally, uh, travailing over my brother until she felt her release. The next morning, 
someone else in our area of the neighborhood passed away that was the same age as my brother. I get, I'm getting goosebumps. It's crazy. But the main thing is, just as a mother, as a parent, as a person of God, take those nudges seriously. Take those touches from the Lord seriously, because they'll change your family's life and they'll protect your family's life. Yeah. Did that help you? Give um, you some time? It, it, it inspired me. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <Praise> you. God. <laughs> no, this was related. It's not about moms, but when you were talking about the Passover, it just reminded me of something I was reading because we just got done with Easter. And so, Praise the Lord. Which we always means we also got done with Passover. Yeah. And so just the original Passover, um, you know, the... Uh, the Lord was not looking for who was qualified on the inside of the house. Like it didn't matter what you did, how good you are, how bad you are. He was only looking for blood applied to the doorpost. So that's the most important thing when, when it comes to pleading the blood. It has nothing to do with you and how good or how bad you are. It has everything to do with being able to apply the blood. So that's not necessarily correlated to what our moms are, are doing, but um, I remember reading that just a few days ago and I really liked um, that perspective. It's all about the blood. Um, but one thing both of my parents said to me over and over and over and over again, and I think this is a, if there's anybody listening who might be a pastor's kid, I don't know. Um, it's, it applies to PKs a lot. So she would say this all the time, just learn to go with the flow, <laughs> learn to go with the flow because things, she's a creature of habit, but when you're in ministry, people, I mean, I remember my dad getting up in the middle of the night, having to go uh, to the hospital because, you know, an accident happened and, or things like that, where we're have, we're going to celebrate a dinner and something happens and we have to adapt and change on the fly. We didn't celebrate Christmas one year, just things like that. Cause ministry pulls you in a lot of different directions. And so she developed that habit of, or that, that motto of just go with the flow. And that's going to help people. It's very simple, kind of a cliche thing to say, but learning to adapt and change and not let that ruin your plans. And it's funny because she's such a creature of habit, but she still knows how to adapt and change and go with the flow. Go ahead. Her ability to go with the flow is an even greater sacrifice because she holds so tightly yeah. to her routine. So therefore it speaks louder and her yeah. ability to do it is really yeah. profound. And so when something, you know, when there's a, a rock thrown into the schedule or something, you know, unforeseen that comes up. I can always hear her voice or even my dad's voice just saying, Jay, go with the flow. Jay, just go with the flow. The way I like to look <laughs> at it is blessed are the flexible for they will yeah. not be bent out of shape. Yeah. I remember being like seven and be like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, come on. I got, I can't celebrate my birthday. Jay, go with the flow. Go with the flow. <laughs> and they would always make time. I mean, if it wasn't on the actual day, they'd make a big deal about it when the opportunity, when they, when they were able to. So, um, yeah, going with the flow. Yeah. Uh, my mom really helped me with watching what I say, what not to say and when to pray. Nice. Um, synonymous with my mom statements that she's told all of my family, including my dad and all my brothers and sister is I bind that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> We would say stuff, you know, the classic things. She was a confession police. Power of life and death is in the tongue. Uh, and you're going to eat the fruit of whatever you say. And she had a great revelation of that. So we couldn't say, like, God, I'm so dumb. Or it's stupid. Or I hate that. She would always, I mean, 
throughout the whole day, I bind that in the name of Jesus. And I'll be honest, I was mean sometimes. We would like look at each other and say something just to get her to say it. And she wouldn't notice it. She would do it. Even if it was a joke, she would not allow those words to come out. So it's important not just watching and saying good things, but you can say a bunch of good things. But if along that, you're sowing a bunch of bad seed. Uh, and where that comes from is whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And I'm thankful that my mom taught me to watch what I say. Um, and what you say, you'll have what you say. The Bible is very clear on that. That's not just a blab it and grab it. That's not a name it and claim it. It is the Bible truth that you will be justified and condemned mm. by what? The words, words of your yeah. mouth. But also when to pray. My mom knows when to pray. For example, I cannot have an ambulance siren go by yep. without me. You've probably heard me do mm-hmm. this. Say, Father God, I just pray ministering spirits in that area. Mm-hmm. I declare the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the hands of those medics and those driving the vehicle. I thank you that the ones that are helping the one in need are safe. I thank you the ones that are in need will experience a miracle if needed. I speak life to that situation. Yep. And I remember my mom would always do that. And she told me, yep. we do this because someday you may be in that situation and mm-hmm. you want someone to pray for you. That's awesome. There's two people in my life who always do that whenever they hear sirens, my mom and my wife. There you go. And my mom's very, very Look good at, at that. Look at that. Women. But also, I, this is just kind of a funny one. Uh, I think, I can't remember what it's called, so I'm not going to try the name. It sounds like an isosceles or something, but it's when you <laughs> clog a salivary gland in your lip, you can create this node on your lip and it gets hard, almost like a callus. And about five years ago, I had one that you could see on my lip. I remember. Yeah, it was ugly. It was embarrassing <laughs> everywhere I went and there's nothing you can really do. Um, and I remember I was at Juicy Lucy's with my mom, just my mom and I, great lunch. And she goes, what's on your lip? And I'm like, oh mom, it's okay. You know, I'm apparently after a few years, it'll go away. It's like this, like clogged salivary gland on my lip. And I was completely natural. No prayer about it. Just it's going to go away. She reached across the table, (laughs) grabbed my lip and said, in the name of Jesus, we speak to that lip and that's going away. And I was embarrassed. I'm like, mom, we're in a respectable restaurant. (laughs) This is Juicy Lucy's mom. (laughs) I don't know the top of my filet mignon. Uh, But you know what? Within a month or so, it was completely gone. So that showed me there's a time to declare, there's a time to say things, and don't always just lean on the natural. Hold to the spiritual as well. That's awesome. Um, I mean, you know, we can wind down here in just a minute. I was just thinking about my mom. She's a, uh, she loves nature, um, loves going on hikes and stuff. And, and one thing I appreciate about her is she finds beauty in just about everything and can always see the silver lining, I guess, in any type of situation. Um, I remember she was going to go hike Mount Garfield, uh, with Sharon Heitnen, um, the late Sharon Heitnen, God rest her soul as well. Beautiful inside and out. Amazing stories. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, before she passed, I wanted to have her on the podcast yeah, to share she was some amazing. of those stories. Um, so her and my mom were going to go hiking and uh, it got really rainy. And so they had to change plans. So they went to the monument after it rained. Um, but the way the rain makes things look and then the sun was coming up because they, they, you know, they were there before the sun rose because my mom's an early riser. So... There is that fresh, you know, what's it called? Not dew. Is it dew? I wanted to say dew. Okay. Dew will do for me. Dew will do. <laughs> Over at the whole landscape in the monument and the sun's The red rock. And you know took, that red yeah. rock's looking better after a fresh rain. And she just found beauty in that. And it, it was okay that their plans changed. And I remember literally just yesterday taking her 
to the auto body repair place. And it was kind of hectic. I backed into her car and I had to fix it. And so, and I had to get her a rental and she was kind of like, uh, trying to just figure out what we were going to do. She was a little anxious. And then she looked over and saw an Eagle bald Eagle (laughs) started crying. God bless America. (laughs) Yeah. But she like relaxed her and calmed her. And and then she just saw beauty in that. And literally like almost a, a tear rolling down her cheek, but just being able to find beauty and the silver lining and being able to be present enough to see the surroundings and see God in the surroundings. She always could do that. And, and my dad was really good at that too. But I remember just growing up at, and being in Estes Park and just going up to the top of like Moraine Park or, or something and seeing the beauty of the landscape. And they'd always say, just take a moment, make a memory, get quiet. What's God telling you? Those little things um, that both parents um, really instilled. I know it's it's about mom today, but um, yeah. Well, I think it's really awesome that your mom and dad Maybe your mom exceeded your dad in some of these things, but they were agreed upon these principles and they both endeavored to do it. So there was a consistency that you could follow. And that's something I want in my family that my wife is really a champion of one value and I'm against that value. I'm championing it else. I think it's cool that they went together. I'll just finish off saying this. My mom was also my teacher. So she needs a lot of credit for that. She homeschooled me from second grade on. And something she told me is you need to know something to the degree that you can teach it to someone else. So it wasn't enough for me to get a B on a test. I would have to like repeat to somebody else and try to teach it as the teacher did, which I think is great. I mentioned this in the storytelling podcast that the the purpose of me telling a story, someone should be able to go, I can do that as well. And I just think of the heart of even Paul in the Bible where he said the things that I've done or Jesus too, like follow me as I follow Christ is what Paul said. But Jesus said, the things that I've handed to you and taught you, you go and teach others as well. And my mom just lived that. And it's helped me going, you know what? I received this. I received this from God. How am I going to share this with someone else? Which becomes generous. And I want to be a generous learner. And the way you become a generous learner is you share everything you learn with somebody else. So that's that's a principle. I just... Know something to a degree that you can share it with someone else. One thing I've observed, and you can maybe speak to this or not, but like the relationship that a a son has with their mom versus their dad is a little bit different. Wouldn't you agree? Well, absolutely. You know, there's that whole saying, mama's boy, daddy's girl. Um, Excuse me. Got the Coke Zero <laughs> bubbling up. <laughs> I was just thinking about my relationship with both parents growing up. And, you know, I really uh, looked to my dad for validation and a lot of like sports and stuff. But that nurturing aspect was really from my mom. And and boys need that. And I was just thinking about, you know, look at any, you know, sports team, you know, college or, or, or whatnot. And they win a championship and they interview the quarterback What's he going to say? Shout out to who? Mom. My mom. I love you, mom. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. Not that Not that he doesn't love his dad, but there's something about the mom. There's something about a mom. I, don't, I can't explain it. But I know like as close as me and my dad were, um, there was a special type of relationship that me and my mom still have. Um, and I, I can't even put it into words, but the term mama's boy is very real. Yeah. Proverbs <laughs> say says that. like... Hold fast to the commands of your father and the teachings of your mother. Mm. And it seems like 
sometimes for most people or a lot of people, the father is like certain things that you need to do and you need yeah. to do it and he'll do it. But sometimes when you don't understand or something, you retreat to your mother yeah. and there becomes a greater and richer teaching that comes from the mom. Yeah. And you build that relationship with the mom that builds you up so you can obey the commands of your father. Yeah. And it needs both. What a both. great way to say it. Well, it's yeah. a biblical approach. To it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, there was always, yeah, they, they all have their role. But the the more disciplinary person that I was probably more scared of was my dad. Um, but it, it didn't, you know, I think that's the way it should be. Not that you should be scared of your dad, but like you said, obeying the commands of your father, the teaching of your mother. Um, how you said it was very eloquent. I might have to replay that back. <laughs> All right. You're going to listen to your podcast? I'm going to listen to my own podcast. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think we're at yeah, a good point. Do you think we're it. at a good point? Yeah. Shout, I, out, shout out to our moms. Hey, we call you blessed, mom. Yeah. We'll rise up. Might stand on this table. It's a little right now. I'm holding my mic up. He's holding his mic up. Me too. I'm not standing on the table. We literally rise are standing up, up. And call her blessed. Love you, mom. And give a shout out to your own mom if she's still around. And single women... New mothers determined to be a mother after God's own heart. Amen. Like, I think that what we shared about our moms in so many ways are similar. And it's just a picture of a godly woman. And uh, it's changed our lives. We are here today in great part to our mothers. Can I get an agreement? Absolutely. So your children, set out that course, pray for your kids, and you'll see the same. We're not ending this podcast without the wisdom of the day, my man. What you just said about obeying the commands of your father and the teaching of your mother and how your mom really helps you understand the heart of your dad when you're like thinking that he's he's exasperating you. She is able to help you understand through that nurturing aspect. I thought that was great. Praise the Lord. Uh, what stood out to me is the sensitivity of the spirit that mothers have. Mm. I know I'm even that way. I'm just like, I would be totally like your dad. Like, oh yeah, he's at, a, he's at JJ's. They're, they just got done <laughs> watching a PG games. movie and they're, <laughs> if they fall asleep. I think they're on their second bowl of popcorn. <laughs> and my wife sees something so deeply and my mother sees things so deeply. Yeah. So I just hope... The women that are listening to this podcast, first off, are encouraged that that sensitivity is a valuable thing. And secondly, to cultivate that. That's Mm -hmm. the wisdom of the day for me. Praise God. (laughs) I love my mom. Me too. I think that's, that's it. it. Why don't you pray us out? <laughs> it was like a somber moment. Maybe no, but it's good. I think it's a the, reverential uh, moment. Yeah. Bask in the reverence for our mothers. <laughs> um, why don't we go ahead and pray? Praise the Lord. Are you praying? Or am I praying? Am I praying? I want you to pray. Okay. Father God, we thank you for our mothers. We thank you for good, godly influences that we have in our lives. We thank you for their sensitivity to the spirit. Because we both can attest that we wouldn't even be here today without them. I wouldn't even know if I'd be alive. And and same with John, without the sensitivity uh, that our mothers have to you and your spirit, Father God, I just thank you. And we just thank you for all the great godly mothers um, that are out there, Father God. We just pray that you bless them and uh, their families, Father God, and bless the listeners of this podcast that they might take something away, apply it in their lives, and see change. We love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, we uh, appreciate the mothers that listen to this podcast, and we appreciate the fathers and any other relationship (laughs) that you have to the world. Uh, The uncles. Yeah. And don't forget about those cousins. But all y'all will have you back next time on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with Jay and Jay.